G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. Today, I have Morgan Flores from Clutch. G'day, Morgan. How are you? Good. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm good. Great to have you here today. Now, you if you listen to this podcast, you know what we do every two weeks. We speak to the best and brightest minds in SEO. Now, if you do listen regularly, we do release every two weeks. But just to you know, stay on top of what's coming out, I highly, highly recommend you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on Apple, on Pocket Casts, on Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you're listening to this bogan Aussie accent right now, hit that subscribe button and then you won't miss a beat. We've got some amazing guests coming up. And if you are enjoying the show, five stars would be super appreciated. Now, we do have Morgan here. Morgan's been waiting very patiently. So I've got to ask you the one question I ask all of our SEOs and all of our people working in content and in search. What do you believe is the number one biggest challenge facing SEOs in 2023? The changing landscape. The changing landscape in SERPs brought on by, of course, as we're all in the thick of it, AI definitely has accelerated all of this. Yep. Every other day, it seems like there's a new rollout or a new revision. Now, FAQ rich results is a new thing that got removed. Mm. One thing after the other. So I think the changing landscape, how as an SEO, we adapt with our plans, remaining nimble. And I think for me, it's really about, you know, the luxury or lack thereof of time. Mm-hmm. So running those true A-B tests, we just don't have a luxury that we once did, and we have to make some best bets mm-hmm. and, and diversify our, our traffic mix too. So especially for those court, uh, organizations that rely a lot on organic, mm-hmm. I think now's the time to sit and look at your traffic mix and also how quickly can you change some of your plans based on what you're seeing in SERPs. Great. Love it. Do you think that is, is stuff changing more often? Like, is it more rapid, the the little tweaks in the algorithm? Or is it just that there's like a bigger mega horn on the changes that are happening? There's more SEOs out there. Is it more change or do you think it's just more awareness of the changes? I think it's a bit of both, right? So I think they're being as transparent, I guess, as they choose a little of, they're still opaque, right? But they're trying to at least give that perception off that they are being more vocal about when things are going out, but also looks like there's more SEOs in the game than there were before. And and so you've got people that are dialed in and really looking at the volatility. I mean, you, you go to X or Twitter, whatever it's called these days, just see, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a loss in traffic here. Oh, now it's back up. And it's just a, a constant, you know, chatter and, and dialogue between other SEOs. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's probably a bit from column A, a bit from column B. There's a whole other topic we could talk about, just perceived transparency. It, it's, I feel like everyone feels everything's so visible in this day and age. You can get information anywhere. It's like you've, you've got to seem transparent, but like 
like, I don't know. That's not the same as transparency to me. That's just like, let's just seem like we're doing the right thing because that's what people want to see. But that's probably a whole other topic of conversation. Oh yeah, definitely. So Walden works at Clutch. And for those that are not aware, Clutch is a, a very big, in terms of tech and agencies and marketing and a range of different types of businesses. It's a, it's a market leading platform. It dominates the surf, which is why we like to pick into the brains of people at those brands. So we're keen to get into that. But before we do that, I'd love to hear a bit more about yourself, Morgan. What do you do at, actually, we're going to get to what you do at Clutch in a moment, but let's go back to the very beginning. Sure. How did you start in marketing? What was your first ever gig? My first gig in marketing was actually working at a nonprofit. So uh, Girl Scouts of Southwest Texas, my first gig out of college. I had a comms degree, PR concentration, and I graduated during uh, 2010. So it was like pay, no paid internships, not an option. If you have a job, you're very lucky. And so uh, nonprofits where I kind of got my foothold and started off there as a recruitment specialist. So I actually went out in the community and recruited adults and volunteers and, and girls and more of that, like, yes, traditional, like, like foot on the pavement, flyers in inboxes, newsletters, that kind of thing, shifted to project management and kind of bounced around to a couple other places. Yeah. So you, you, UT, I can't believe I forgot that. So a bit San Antonio? Yes. So I graduated University of Texas, San Antonio. And when I, I would say I wasn't, I born and raised in Texas, but I started moving around once I met my husband. He's, he was not anymore, but active duty Coast Guard. And so that really had us moving around a bit. And so if you look at kind of like where I've come from, it's like, oh, you're in Texas. And then all of a sudden you're just in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that's where I really went into, again, nonprofit for a bit, working at the Bar Association there. And then got my first ever like SEO specific gig at an agency. That's re really where I first started to, I started to learn SEO on my own and then learned enough to get a job as an SEO associate with an agency and thought, this will be great. I can learn really quickly. It seems like an agency is the way to go if you're wanting to skill up quickly. Variety of different you know, scenarios, different clients. So you're kind of forced to learn fast. I mean, I feel like agency work is very much like drinking out of the fire hose for me, but I, I learned a lot. So that was really where I kind of started getting into SEO and really climbed up and, and just got obsessed. Excellent. Excellent. What sort of clients were you working on at that agency? How long ago? What years was this? This was like five or six years ago now. Okay. We'll just say roughly. Cool. And what um, sort of clients? Yeah. So it ran the gamut. So anything from crime scene cleaners to like Syntex startups in the UK kind of a mix of like B2B and B2C. I will say that I tended to like, I tend to be brought on more of like the B2B okay. side of things. It's more challenging in my opinion. I know people kind of feel differently about that, but B2B is a whole different animal and it takes a, like a, a little bit of a, a bit higher degree of strategy, I would say, and, and solving complex problems. And so that's where I really got brought on to do more of that work, but kind of ran the gamut. You know, I've, I've worked with international clients as well. I don't think there's any arguing that B2B, like it's, it's, if it's along the sales cycle, it's, there needs to be a different type of content to engage. Like if you're trying to use search to acquire awareness, to acquire customers via B2B, it's not as simple as someone punching in, I want to buy a pair of red shoes, you know? So right. yeah, the, the buying journey is much longer. And even from like, if you're in the paid side of the house, like how you deliver those paid campaigns is uniquely different as well. For sure. For sure. Any brands that we would have heard of along the, along the journey? 
Oh, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I worked with more, again, more small to mid-sized, which really yeah. does make me a good fit for Clutch Shoe because that's been our focus. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of them. They've rebranded, I think, at least twice. Uh, but now they're called Pave. Pave is a, a SaaS company and based in the UK at Fintech. Uh, also, I've worked with a popular healthcare executive company, Kirby Bates Associates, the rug clients back, back in the day. But those are just a few, a few samplings. Cool. Who, do, who did you... So you were doing the marketing gigs and you were teaching yourself a bit. Then you thought, okay, well, I better get in amongst a team of other SEOs so I can, I can pick their brains. Who are the, some of the people that you looked up to early on, either colleagues, mentors, or even beyond, you know, Twitter or wherever? I, at the time when I had, you know, was SEO associate at Tech, that was the agency I was at. I really valued the, the support and leadership of my, uh, my boss at the time, Sam Kesnick. Oh. He really, he learned SEO himself. Like you don't go to school for one really for SEO or two, e. those are just things you kind of pick up and are forced to learn on the fly. And he really pushed me to learn and, and not, you know, do the work or answer everything for me. And so that was really helpful for me to dig in quickly and learn. You know, he would give me something to say, go, go work it out. And if you have questions, we'll circle back and then we'll, we'll talk it through, but come, come with a plan. Like how, how do you want to approach this in like two or three different ways? So Good. I really appreciated that. I would also say Marie Haynes. I that was the first newsletter I ever subscribed to when I was in that, first started into SEO. She's always got something to say. I appreciate her point of view. She's got an interesting point of view when it comes to local SEO. So at the time, I really focused on that. Just getting my foot in the door. Very interesting there, and I follow her on Twitter still, so just to kind of like pop in and see or X. Oh, that's going to be a change. That's a that's a that is shift. A, yeah. Did I call, are they calling them tweets still? On X? I have no idea. I don't think they completely have all the branding and everything quite aligned and timing quite right. So I'm not sure they quite know. But And and I also would add Kaylee Larkin. I'm not sure if you know her, but she really ha- puts out some thoughtful content on like complex things like analytics. She's really like the GA4 guru, as, you know, in, as far as I'm concerned. But she really is really good at taking those complex topics and breaking mm-hmm. them into something digestible that agencies can also understand. And I know a lot of people are grappling with that, that switch to GA4 right now. Look, for me personally, UA was how I, it was almost like my digital marketing school. That's how I learned all the terminology and behavioral like data through sites and traffic. And most of what I knew early on was just out of UA. So having to shift that to, to GA4 and then they're changing definitions. It's, it's a challenge for lots of us. So yeah. who was that? That was Kaylee Larkin. Larkin. Yeah. She okay. has her own agency and I think she just went in-house with a company that specializes in like e-com analytics. So it seems like the perfect fit for her, but yeah, she's, she's great. Excellent. Cool. Were there any early on, any like algorithm changes that just like rocked you that you were like, Oh God, that's right. Or, you know, that's, that's something I hadn't thought of or that that's really impacted a, a client's bottom line or the traffic? Yeah. You know, I can't pinpoint one in particular, like they're all stressful, right? Especially clients are, you know, have enough, are savvy enough to know that, that these algorithms are, changes are happening. And they're like, so what's happening with my site? Like, is there, is it affecting anything? And it's always like, well, you know, it, it depends. This particular one, it's still a little too soon to, to tell. And then we obviously talk with other SEOs to see what they're experiencing with their clients as well. I think at an agency, because we had so many clients, it was 
decent. It was helpful to get like a good sample size. So like different industries and verticals, we could tell like that, like a healthcare site maybe got hit more than, you know, an- another type of site. Typically, you know, the healthcare sites do do better in, in some of these um, algorithm changes, but it kind of just depend, would depend. I would actually say that the, the algorithm changes that have stressed me out the most are more recent. So the product review updates that keep cycling through for us, it's so relevant to what I do. It seems like there's just not enough information about what it is really that they're doing. Like they, they put out the documentation, right? They're like, well, we value really in-depth reviews and like, you know, verified information and like all of that. But that's really, that's it. That's really all they say. And so to me, it's very much, you know, what are they, what is really happening to our site when they roll these out? And they've rolled out a few of them even within the last year or so. Never thought about that products because your, your clients and your products, those are product pages, those client pages with the reviews. And I would have thought like there's a heap of rich, unique third-party verified content on those pages. Like there is. And, but you get the constant question of like, well, this product review update has just been released. So what is happening? Are we prepared? Is there anything else we can do? And I'm like, well, we do a really good job of these comprehensive vetted review, like companies and reviews that we have on our site. Like it's a very thorough process in our end, how we verify validity and remove bad actors. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, we've got a good process in place, but it's always like, are you doing enough? Cool. All right. Well, tell me about clutch for those that aren't aware of, of what clutch is would you mind me just give us a quick little a quick little elevator pitch of what clutch is and who it helps sure so clutch has been around for a little over around about a decade now about 1.4 million users every month we are a marketplace site so for outsourced services specifically so we have buyers coming to our site or you know, companies, if you will, that are looking for different services. Maybe they're looking to acquire uh, a video production company to help them with their videos and editing. Maybe there's, they're looking to hire to a web designer to recreate their website, uh, an SEO agency, HR consultant, kind of runs the gamut, you know, we pretty much cover most services that are out there. We have about 280,000 service providers currently on our site. And again, hundreds of service lines were very comprehensive in that sense, which I think makes us a little bit different. Not only are our reviews comprehensive and they're companies that are on our platform vetted, you can trust that as a place to go to, but you also have the ability to of choice as a buyer. So you can really narrow down. I'm looking for this type of SEO agency with this type of industry experience, with this type of size of a team. You can get as nitty gritty as like a region country, city, and kind of just read through the reviews, compare the reviews, and and narrow it down and make that transaction happen on our site. So messaging that provider and and getting that bid and and closing the time that it really takes you to onboard a new outsource provider and agency because time is a limited resource that we all have. Cool. And you've been there a couple couple of years. What did you start out doing when when you got there? Yep. So I've been at Clutch for about two years now. I started as the first marketing hire of the entire organization, which really shocks people. Clutch has really made some big strides and, and big plays without having a fully dedicated marketing team. So who was, uh, who was in charge of the SEO before you got there? It was very much a internal leadership effort that was like a shared responsibility, honestly. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, they, they did some really great work. And, and got and shipped a lot of great content out the door on their own. And 
they brought me in as they're really at an inflection point about two years ago when I joined and, you know, obviously looking to scale, how do we, how do we grow the company faster? And they recognized right off the bat that they really needed someone with SEO expertise. You know, they shared responsibilities, was only going to cut it so far. So I started out as a senior SEO and content manager on the team. And so, yeah, that's, that was my first, first marketing hire at Clutch. Cool. Were you aware of Clutch before you started there? I was. I actually, my agency previously, when I would go out for clients and look online for directories for them to join, places for them to get listed, Clutch would come up. So I did have that experience of who Clutch was and some very honest feedback to give based on my experience. Yeah, good. Listed. Good. Good, good. All right. So then tell me about... Like the, you, you touched on before that you had a bit of international SEO experience and Clutch has obviously, you know, got US and, and international. So were you able to bring a lot of that to the table or was that something that's really developed more so in your time at Clutch? I was really able to bring a lot of that to the table. One of the clients when I was previous agency, I worked with a PEO company based out of the UK. And so obviously they had, you know, employing people in this boom of like work from home or work remotely during that time. So I was doing keyword research based on the different regions they were targeting, you know, uh, different employment rules and, and governing bodies that, that people would have to go through, all that information and that content that we would have to develop. It was very nuanced. And the way those pages were created, how they were styled, how they were technically organized, the URL structures, all of that. So I brought that to the table. Uh, and I would say that really served me well here at Clutch. Uh, but the size of our site was definitely uh, a complexity that I had not what was before. Yeah. And you're now Director of Performance Marketing. How did that transition happen? So I'm guessing the marketing team is growing. Yes, we're growing exponentially at a really, really fast rate. And so I, I started, you know, at, well, when I transitioned from my previous role, SEO manager, senior SEO manager, we started to make some hires. I acquired some people internally to build out my team, skill them up. Eventually, we got to this place where, you know, I, I do have that previous experience at Right Tech where I oversaw the paid team, conversion optimization, and then um, a couple other things. But they valued that aspect of what I brought to the table, too. And so it was really fit for me to take on a performance and marketing role. And then hire on more experienced talent to kind of backfill my SEO position and then for a content manager as well. So that's what we've done. And we're about a team of 13 now. Wow. Okay. That's going quick. 13. You were the first hire in marketing. That is 13 less than two years later. Wow. Very cool. You mentioned finding some talent internally for, were they for SEO roles or for performance marketing roles or what were they specifically for? So we first, then the most natural transition, we really looked internally before we went externally. Uh, we wanted to harness, you know, inside our organization and, and where that made sense. And so we actually had copywriters that we moved over that were doing other work that wanted the opportunity to learn more about SEO. So we moved them over. They have a really strong content writing background. They have the SEO knowledge. And so I really spent that first, you know, even most of the first year, or at least the first, for sure the first 90 days and that, scaling them up. And so they have, they're cross-trained. So our, our content uh, team is you know, really strong content background, but also have within the last year really learned the best practices that go with SEO and 
have that to draw from. So there, I would say that's kind of was the first step for us is before we started hiring externally. Okay, cool. So that's great. I love that you looked internally and I'm guessing, I mean, they've copyrighted, so they've obviously got that writing background. They've also got product knowledge. They also know your customers. Like it's, it's probably a pretty easy sort of onboarding and, and transition there. Were you working, what, what other resources have you sort of brought in over, over the last couple of years? Yeah. So we, we do work with a couple of agencies outside of internal talent. We have a a design agency that we work with where, you know, we just have so much work to around that our internal design team can't handle. So we'll tap into into those resources. We also work with a PPC freelancer to assist me because we don't have a paid arm internally besides myself. Okay. So we really, I I really rely on agencies or or freelancers there to help me. And we've, we've stuck with one. We've really built a relationship and has really driven great results for us. Mm-hmm. And then I would say we, in the past, have worked with other like SEO agencies. And mm-hmm. then when I came on, I kind of reeled back off of that a bit just because I felt comfortable and taking a lot of that on myself. Okay, cool. So then in terms of your copywriters, could I just get an understanding? So you mentioned you had copywriters, you brought them into SEO. So th- do you still have other copywriters or is it all done internally? within the team now and, and how was that process of training them up on SEO? Like did it, did it change the way they looked at their writing or did it just, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. So they, they are writing most of our content internally. We do have some outside help that will help to do some outlining for us mm-hmm. just to a cleaner place for them. But most of it is in-house and done, you know, we're, we're touching everything ourselves for them. I mean, from the feedback that they've shared with me, it has changed their perspective of how about how they write. But I don't think they've lost sight of, you know, they were trained, you know, classically, if you will, and have always written from a point of view of like what is going to bring the most value for the person, the user, or insert, you know, human. So they they still keep that in mind in everything that they do. But the way that they think about keywords, the way they think about word choices the way that things flow in, in a document or on the screen and how they develop content for their, you know, our ideal customer has definitely evolved. That's great. I think that's the thing. Like there's people underestimate the balance that's required. Like you can have a really, just coming from an agency perspective, I know that my SEOs, when they, if we're working with a brand that has copywriters in-house, we have a, we come from a more technical search data related aspect in terms of, you know, what we should be prioritizing, but then that needs to overlap with, okay, brand voice and how, you know, how they want to be perceived and all those different things. And, you know, it's not always, it's almost, I'm finding it more and more. It's almost like the technical recommendations we make, your web dev team is not always going to take them on. You've just got to find that balance of like, okay, well, if we get 60, 70% of these through and they feel like it's true to their site and their voice and everything else, then, then that's a win. So it's finding that balance, which I guess if you're just internal and you've got your copywriters there, it's them almost finding some internal compromise around, okay, well, I've always written like this and now I need to have this lens over the top. Is that, is that fair to say? I would, I would definitely say so. And I, and I think what's really been great for us is, you know, we're a team of 13, but if you look at just the side of the house that does SEO and content, it's, it's fewer than it's about half of that. So um, we still work really tightly with our product marketing team. Okay. And- and our branding and comms team. So it's cross-functional and we have that time together to really think through, like we're producing this for who, for what pain point is it really touching on? And then 
like the full life cycle of how it works together with product marketing and how are we getting it out there and publishing it. And like, it's a full circle, comprehensive plan for everything that we do. That's great. And that's refreshing too, because there's still a lot of really big businesses out there who the SEO team sits in a silo in another city that is never heard of, you know, in a dark room. So to be, what does that look like in terms of structurally having that collaboration? Like, is it, is there a cadence of meetings or is it, is it Slack channels or what is it that gets them integrated into the full function? I'll just say that it's, it's still hard. Like we do it, but it's not easy. Okay. And we, we're not perfect at it. So it's, I feel like we're still iterating on what does that cadence look like, but we're all in, you know, a monthly meeting together. We each have one-on-ones every week and then have like a department like bi-weekly. Okay. So that we kind of keep the cadence without overly scheduling ourselves, but so communicating in Slack, probably at least daily, like questions or like topic sharing or like gut checks for different for items that we're working on. So we try to say like in-person email and, and Slack or like just trying to remain consistent with how we work, work best together there. Okay, good. So what I'm hearing is there's some structure there, not too much, but enough to keep, yep. to keep it, you know, to keep it happening. And it's also just an intent. It's, it's very intentional. Like you understand that it needs to be something which is which is a focus to make sure that you've got everyone working more collaboratively rather than separately. Yeah. And I would say we lean on tools as well. Right. So for me, being organized is super important and that's something we really drilled into our team because if you can't execute on the timeline that you, you've projected, it, you're only operating at half your potential. So for me, it really is like being creative, understanding who we're writing it for and what we're trying to solve and the value we're trying to drive. But are you organized? Is everything there for everyone to see? And Disha, who is our comms person, by the way, but does she know what, like, how you're planning on, does it fit into her calendar? Have you discussed it with her? Like, these are all checks and balances that we kind of have in place with our managers. So our managers are really driving the rest of this to make sure we're all communicating on the same page. Excellent. That was actually a question I had for you in terms of like the hierarchy, like a, a brand product, SEO performance. Like, are we horizontal like who's 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 making the calls on what is yeah yay or nay yeah so for i oversee the seo side of the house content side of the house and then paid but i pretty much will work with our senior seo and he does more of the like large data analysis like technical seo and also like the publishing on our site for like directory pages the cadence that goes along with that what we're targeting more of the nitty-gritty like very SEO specific. The content side of the house, I have a, a senior manager there who has experience actually from news, the news side of the, the world and brings that lens. And she drives all of her QA for all the writing that's happening. So not that anymore, but she does a lot of that. And we do planning together. So we'll all have our managers meet and then decide on how we're going to proceed and how, you know, all these tactics ladder up to our revenue generating company goals. Because at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, you have to prove SEO value and the best way to do that is to tie it to revenue. Uh, I've got a question just around performance marketing because there's some differing definitions out there. So you head up performance marketing and SEO is in your team. My, the agency that I, I own here in, in the US, co-founder of, also has an agency in Australia. We used to call ourselves a performance marketing agency, or at least here. But people, we, I kept on getting conflict of, but your SEO and your pay and the pay is performance. But in my mind, SEO is performance. But it, it, what about in your mind? 
What does that say? It is like that's definitely how they they it was packaged to me, and they were like, "Very right, SEO is you know new buyer and like new acquisition, like user acquisition, like that's like a big driver for us." But also, we want to do paid opportunities, and that's at the end of the day, I think what it really comes down to is for us, performance marketing is like I'm the keeper of the PNL. Right. So what's coming in, filling that bucket and pushing that down, like users down the funnel. And like we all do our handoffs to the rest of marketing and then and sales account manager, et cetera, uh, and how we all fit together. So that's that's at least how we approach it. I do know there's different opinions on that, though. Yeah. Cool. So what's the planning process look like? You've got you've got this team, which seems to be you know, quite well structured and you're collaborating really well from an SEO perspective. If you're how far in advance are you planning? Like, are you looking? Is it calendar year goals? Are we talking 90 day sprints? Is it quarterly? What, what, what's that look like? Yeah. So we, you know, our business will, from a high level, plan out everything, you know, the first two quarters. Um, well, our department plans out the first two quarters. The company tries to plan out like the full first, you know, the full year in advance. Right. But I definitely say that there's like a midpoint that we all know and, and have an appreciation for. Like there's probably going to be a reset come close to Q2 based on like market you know, economics and like what's shifting and happening that we're going to need to pivot. And that's, I feel like that did happen, you know, this year for us is like new things emerge, AI, like, you know, we knew that we couldn't plan the entire year and be like, this is the plan. We'd have to have like a, a point in the middle and be like, are we still good with this plan? Is everything, do we need to make some trade-offs and like reprioritize based on what we're seeing it, you know, play out in front of us? And like the answer is yes. And we did which helps us to actually launch Clutch AI on the front of our site, but six months. And then I would say we do our, our team internally, like the SEO content team works in sprints kind of in coordination with our product team. And they usually do that in like two week sprints. It's very organized, definitely a culmination of a lot of different projects and like trying to understand like what to put first in terms of like level of investment or level of return investment and all of those good things and what's been the like the bigger hurdles you've had to overcome in your time there you've grown the marketing function out a lot what's been the biggest challenge i like for me personally or at clutch or both (laughs) okay that's a great that's a great way let's split it up and do both you personally personally i think coming from an agency going in-house because i've done kind of all the things i've done nonprofit, i've done freelance i've done agency now in-house the pace for in-house and so that has been an adjustment for me because there's more internal stakeholders that you have to get buy-in and really prove your business case. So that has been a little slower. You know, when I was at an agency, it was very much, well, you're the one driving this initiative. Like, I'm like, oh, ready for band-aid, let's go. Um, here, you know, it, it, in-house, I think, it, not just here, but any in-house, it's, it's a little bit different. So that was an adjustment for me. Like, don't get me wrong, we're still moving fast, but just a different pace even than, than an, an agency, of course. Cool. That's good. And then what's been the biggest challenge for Klutz, do you think, in terms of just growing the SEO team and, and getting buy-in and, you know, hitting your growth goals? Yeah, I think we've done, a, you know, a pretty good job in the last two years since I came on and growing Clutch. And I think for me, 236% growth in the last three years. So even before I joined, they were already on the upward trajectory. And that's pretty massive. And that's what really let hire more out for marketing because we know we're only scratching the surface. And, you know, with that additional investment, we could really hit some lofty growth goals. But I think a challenge for us has been, it's always, it comes down to time. 
you know, we have resources, you know, we're not, you know, infinite resources, but like time, there's never enough time and there's a lot of competing priorities. And so we really have to work together internally to like all come together, sit down, it's product, dev, the SEO side of the house, like leadership and really understand like what is going to get us there faster, what needs to be worked on first. We're a online marketplace site, so we're digital and therefore you require a lot of dev time and dev time is expensive and there's only so many. And so the, it, it's really about prioritizing and that's our biggest, uh, I would say, challenge is how do we do all, we can't do all the things. So like, what do we do first? I feel that I've worked in a tech marketplace before and I know how much like the engine room is really, is really the product or the devs, it's a product with your ideas, devs building it out. And then you've got your, obviously your vendors who are on there as well, are looking for that value, you've got your sales team who are trying to, you know, sell in a new product. So I understand there's a whole lot of moving pieces there, but I'm curious, what, what do you see as the, like the key to future growth? Like you've had a lot of growth in the last couple of years. What do you think is going to help accelerate that more? both from a clutch perspective, like if there's something proprietary or something internal clutch and also from a search from your, from SEO. Right. So I mentioned clutch AI. We've actually been using AI in the back end for, for a while now. So that's not something new for us, but it's the first time we've ever really had an option on the front end. So we'll continue to invest in that and really iterate on like what is clutch AI and what it can deliver for, for our buyers and to our service providers on the site. But I think Another area for us that we're really thinking, you know, this is going to be helpful for not just us, but for service providers and buyers is being a hub of content. So not just a directory, like that is what we're trying to provide uh, helpful information to help educate buyers and make that buying decision easier and that process easier. And so really being the, the place to come to, to start your search on Clutch and end it here. And so I by providing value-driven content for not just buyers, you know, like pricing guides, budgeting, like scorecards for how questions to ask these service providers, and like how do you make this faster and you know a more sticky experience for for buyers on our site to like want to use us for you know almost you know every part every part of the buying journey that they have. So like creating content at every point so that that we're making it easy from start to finish and walking that content out is really important to us. And I think will really lead to our growth, but also creating that value-driven content for search writers. So giving them, you know, our vendors, those agencies, information on how they can make it their clutch profile better, how they can help use the resources that we're providing to scale their business faster is really the unlock for us in the next few years. And I would say longer term than that, perhaps global expansion, more of like the country code level top domains like that again is like an unlock for future uh, a lot more investment we need to go into that but i think that to me further down the line could be an option too cool i can see that i, I see I, I see what you're saying especially from a content perspective like the obviously you've got the, the bottom funnel you know you've got that sort of with all those product pages and all that great content you know top mid to get people in earlier to educate that sort of thing i, I guess there's lots of you know, i'm sure your product team are working on lots of ideas around collaboration with vendor, vendors and all sorts of things to help give that, you know, cred, but also be objective. So cool. Absolutely. Very cool. All righty. Well, Morgan, I really appreciate your time. It's been great hearing about, you know, the work you've done at Clutch and then, you know, how you got there. 
we are going to wrap up now with our quick fire Vox Pop questions. So I'm just going to fire through some questions and I want to hear the first thing that pops into your mind. Try not to think too hard. Ready, set? Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, which previous Google algo change still keeps you up at night? Product review updates. They're still yep. rolling out. Got it. What What is your favorite non-obvious software tool that you use every day to research or execute? GS Location Changer. It's a Chrome extension to kind of speak for location. Love it. GS. Can you say that again? I'm literally going to yeah, download it. GS Location Changer. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Which do you prefer, content or links? Content, because I'm a writer, so I, I think I'm a little biased. Yeah. What's the most effective link building technique that you've used? Anything around like an awards and recognition program. People, you know, really love that. And so I think that's been successful. Right. What, oh, sorry, is the skyscraper technique still relevant today? I think it's relevant for some businesses. It makes sense. You really have to ask like, what kind of business am I? Is it worth the level of investment? For some it's no. And it's really harder to cut through the noise. What do you love most about SEO? The speculation, the drama, and the ability to kind of marry the my brain in terms of like the content side of the house and the data analysis. It's like that marriage. That's cool. The speculation. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. How do you apply SEO principles to your daily life? I feel like I say it depends a lot. <laughs> I think I'm most conversations with family and friends and like a speculative humor. I think you have that in this field. That's cool. Work from home life or office life or hybrid life? What's your preference? I prefer hybrid. I like kind of the best of both worlds. Do you know? SEMrush or Ahrefs? All right. I'm an Ahrefs girl, gal, but I respect the SEMrush game. Cool. And last one, this is more from the point of view of brands. What do you think is the best mix or the best SEO function? Agency or in-house or a combination of both? Oof. I think it's a combination of both based on what you're looking for. And, and coming from the side, if you're also an SEO wanting to learn, like I said, go agency first and then you know, maybe in-house will be your speed later, but both. Got it. Awesome. Cool, Morgan. Thank you so much for your time. How can people, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect with you? Sure. I would just say find me on LinkedIn. You, the best place to get a hold of me. I would also encourage those that are potentially looking for, for outsourcing services or looking at list, getting their business listed on Clutch to just check out that code. Cool. Do it. We do it and impressive. So definitely see value there. Cool. Thank you, Morgan. Thanks, Russ. No worries. All right. So that was another episode of SEO Success Stories, Morgan Flores of Clutch. Look her up on LinkedIn and yeah, really great conversation. Really interesting to hear about a growing marketing function like that that's grown so quickly and to hear about the, te- the way the teams collaborate together. One thing we didn't get into, but I guess, you know, when we talked about this, the way it's structured and the, there is that intentional collaboration, I guess that's a benefit of having grown it out in a short period of time, as opposed to having a solidified marketing function and a, you know, almost like a, like a little click. And then you try to bring in new people to that click. So I guess that's one way of going at a marketing team that fast is one way to short circuit against that. Sorry, question without notice, but. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're still trying to figure it out, right? Like what's working this year, we may change our mind six months from now and say we should. And I think you have to these days. Cool. Anyway, so that was, uh, that was Morgan, Morgan Flores from Clutch. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to jump on and write us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. Apple is where the big push is, though, so if you could write it there, that would be amazing. Again, if you've enjoyed it, subscribe. And we are here every two weeks. SEO Success Stories. Thanks again. Bye.